1: And welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hey, how are you, Megan? I'm good. We are like wrapping up February of 2022, which is incredible, and getting ready to head into March. And we promised we <laughs> yeah, were we going to come back and give an update about all of our well laid plans that we made back in January. So, are we ready for this, Sarah?
0: I mean, I'm really glad that. First of all, it's just funny to me. We've been doing this podcast almost seven years, and still sometimes you think it's like, we'd know better. We'd yeah, know better. <laughs> yeah, you like you'd think we would. This would have occurred to us before that we often share some New Year'sy intentions in different forms. Neither of us is super resolutions oriented, but it's it's always fun to talk about that stuff in January, and so talk about it we do every year. But we've never held ourselves to any kind of accountability to revisit. And there's lots of ways to do this. I know a lot of people reflect back at the very end of the year, but I'm actually really glad that we are doing this now. I think I have a mid-February birthday, and I've always liked that because it feels like a second, like a little second wind of like, okay, the year starts, January happens, and then it's not too late to kind of reframe expectations for the year. And we're still very early in the year. So I'm actually glad we're doing it today. And yeah, we're going to be honest about like the things we said in January and whether we've made any progress, whether those are even still like our actual intentions. So I'm excited. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, if we waited until the end of the year, I promise you, I would have no memory, not only of what we said we said we were going to do, but if I actually did it or not, like I right. find that by my, my, uh, time and place memory <laughs> becomes very foggy after a 12-month period. And sometimes it's like a lot of work to even go back and be like, what did I do this year? And I'm always pleasantly surprised by how much I accomplished, but I can't really remember it in the moment. So I'm glad we're doing it now too. I think two months is about perfect. Um, We're not quite two months. The episode where we talked about it was January 9th, which means we probably recorded it like, you know, a week in advance, something like that. So it was very, very early January when we started thinking about these things. Some of them were underway, some weren't. Um, I can't exactly remember... Like we're we're just going to kind of revisit the same structure and just mm-hmm. literally talk about the exact things we talked about um, at the beginning of January that we intended to do. But some of them, I'm not even sure if we started them or not. Like I even am that foggy and it's not even two months out.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, this will be this will be good. Um, and if you miss that January 9th episode, it's no big deal. Just come along with us today. We'll remind everybody what, what we said. And then just, like I said, just provide an update. I I have some in this list that are still an intention or a goal for me in 2022, but I have not touched them yet. And I I also think that's okay. Like not everything has to start at the beginning of the year. It can be an intention for the year, but the whole year doesn't happen. I mean,
1: there's lots of The whole year doesn't happen in two months, turns out. (laughs) Um, Well, and I also want to just like kind of map out that there's been some big stuff happening, at least in my life. Um, I'm moving, which is taking up a lot of my time and attention and also kind of create some of that. um, I don't know, a little bit of like suspended animation feeling Mm -hmm. like some of these things. I don't feel like I can really even think about in more depth besides thinking about them um, Mm -hmm. as an abstract thing until I'm in my new space. And am I, I'm going to be in a new community really like down the road, not very far, but a new town. And there's a lot of reshuffling that happens with even a kind of a minor move like that. Yeah. That will affect the way these things play out. So um, that's been another big thing on, on my, not just my radar, but my, my life has been yeah. kind of consumed by it. I'm, I'm right in the middle of that move right now. By the time this airs, um, we'll be, well, no, I'll in. still be right in the middle. Yeah. We'll when this airs, I will literally be like moving boxes, most likely. Well, I'm not at three probably. in the morning, <laughs> but um, luckily, I don't think we're going to have any snow this weekend. I mean, my last time we moved, it was terrible bitter, windy snow was awful. And this year, I don't think we're going to have that. So pretty glad I put it off. Um, We could have moved last month but I decided that would be insane. And so here we are um, going into it this weekend. So really excited for that. But I did realize after we got some questions after the episode we did about my special man friend, Eric, that I guess I never really talked about moving. That much.
0: I think you've just mentioned it offhand a few times. And I think it was always like, might be moving, don't know how long we're going to be in this house, like downsizing. I think you have talked, well, first of all, you don't owe anybody anything of like a report on your moving life. But as your co host, I think you have mentioned it offhand a bunch of times, but probably never been like, hey, everyone, I'm moving.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 And I guess it would be kind of silly for me to feel like people need um, updates on my every move. uh, figurative or literal, but if you want to know more about that, you can go back and listen to that more than mom. I think that would have been what the last two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor
1: factors. Delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like calorie smart protein plus and keto. Plus they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long.
0: So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals and Katie loved the herb crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this. So did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement,
1: right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: All right, so when we recorded that January 9th episode, Megan, you sort of set the framework, and I loved the questions that you came up with that we both answered. So the first one was, We each had to name one to two ways we wanted to challenge ourselves in 2022, and I will very briefly say what we said. Um, So you said you wanted to challenge yourself in 2022 by doing a yoga teacher challenge and by doing a little uh, less on the wine or alcohol consumption. And so I'll let you weigh in on that in a minute. And for me, I said I wanted to challenge myself by taking a social media Sabbath weekly, like no social media on the weekends. And by sticking with therapy longer than my previous uh, <laughs> couple of stints, seeing a therapist had both been about three months. I was at about three months, so my challenge to myself was just like keep going. Um, in that regard. So, do you want to jump in? Like, this yeah. is yours were big, big New Year challenges.
1: Well, they were, and they both happened. You know, I love a good project, and these both occurred in the first month or two of the new year, which is sometimes a helpful framework for me in the way I operate. Yeah. The hard thing can be sustaining um, because the novelty starts to wear off and then I, yeah. I get bored. But I went through yoga teacher training. I wrapped up last weekend. Um, that was an amazing process, which I don't even think I've really told you that much about, Sarah. So um, it was an intensive seven weekend training where I was there all day, Saturday, all day, Sunday. And then the part that I guess I didn't really realize was how much homework there would be in between. Uh-huh. So, in addition to being there all day, Saturday and all day Sunday, eight to four, both days. Um, And that included two power yoga classes. So a power yoga on Saturday and a power on Sunday. I don't usually do power. I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say I used to be kind of power yoga averse, plus other practicing. Like you basically were moving most of that time, lots of book work, but also you had to do three classes during the week in between. Um, And then there's other, there's other like requirements that some of which i Won't have wrapped up until like the end of this month. So, have to observe some classes, assist other teachers in some classes, things like that. But I, I passed my, I got a hundred percent. I know. I was gonna say, don't say pass. A hundred percent on my final. Aced your Um, final. I aced my final, which felt pretty good. But Isaac has a deal with the the kids where whoever does the best in school, he pays like a hundred bucks, which I think is super cute. But I wanna know if I get in on that. Although Owen already told me he's got 104% in some of his classes. So there's no way we were not, we were not graded in such a way. There was not (laughs) weighted. I could do that. But, um, anyway, so, um, it was great. Like it was, it was intense, um, scary at times, but great. I will also say that I got sick and was pretty sick Ah. for like five days, had COVID exposure. So I had to do two of the weekend's remotely. I don't think I had COVID. I kept, I kept testing negative, but like a whole bunch of people around me all had COVID. So maybe I just never tested positive. Um, so having to do it from home was interesting. Those two weekends were not the best. And one, one whole weekend I was really sick. So I was like propped up in bed, you know, on zoom, like going, what are we doing? I don't even know what was going on. I barely remember that weekend. And then, um, I also got injured. So I, Turns out I had um, bursitis in my knee, which is like the most old lady sounding injury one can have. It's just inflammation between the, well, I think it can be like in other joints, but I happen to have it in my knee. And for me, it's like a tiny layer of inflammation between like the kneecap and the joint or something. And it hurts so bad. Like you would not believe how much it hurts to put pressure on it, which that happens a lot in yoga. Yeah. And I fell down really hard on the ice about, um, well, a week ago, the two days before the final weekend. So it's just been like weird, I don't know, weird like setbacks and challenges layered on top of an already really challenging thing. So that was a lot. Um, But if you're curious about anything, I'm happy to share
0: well, no, I mean, and I kind of was keeping up with you periodically along the way, but like you said, this would have been an intense, time intensive, emotionally intensive, physically intensive eight weeks. Was it eight weeks or six weeks? Of uh, It was like
1: seven. Yeah. It was like seven weeks, yeah.
0: Even if nothing else kind of went off the rails, right? but like you said, and I think so many people can relate to illness, exposure, unexpected, you know, other shoes dropping in January right. 2022 that I just think it's that much more to be proud of that. You just did it anyway. Like you had to show up virtually, you had to show up injured. Um, and I know for you that yoga is that combination of the physical, but also the spiritual. So I think, I mean, I assume you had some like revelations during all this too. And lots to think about.
1: (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, I think for me, I went in with like such, um, a very, I'm not like a type A type personality and I'm digging huge air quotes because I really don't like the fact that we feel like we have to put ourselves in one box or the other. I am a pretty relaxed person who can turn into a very type A person when I want to conquer something. Mm-hmm. And then I set my expectations really high. Like I'm going to go in, I'm going to come out on the other side of this seven week process and I'm going to be physically completely changed. Like, uh, you know, my body is my practice is going to be amazing. My physical stamina is going to be great. I'm going to be doing postures I couldn't do before. Um, I'm going to ace all of my not only am I going to ace all of the tests, but I'm going to be ahead of my homework. And and it was kind of a combination. Actually, my practice is better than it's ever been um, because I'm doing it more than yeah. I ever have. Not because I'm in better physical shape. If anything, I kind of degraded a little bit, falling apart all over the place. Falling apart a little bit. I mean, like not being able to put your knee down. At all in poses. I mean, that adds a like a logistical yeah. issue during your typical yoga class. I mean, is the it kind too much to I... share
0: that one day you also had vertigo and some digestive issues? Like <laughs> yes, remember I that forgot. day? You were
1: like, you I were forgot like, about is... the vertigo. The vertigo is such a blip now that it's like because everything else got no, I had it for like three days. And I because when I got sick, I think I got an inner ear thing. Yeah. So it made me have vertigo for like three days. So yeah. So I'm in class, can't put my knee down. Oh, and then my shoulder from like on my right, um, all of these injuries were on my right. But I think because I was like, like holding my um, knee up off the ground a little bit and then overcompensating with my right arm, I got some kind of like little shoulder pain in like the front joint of my shoulder. It wasn't terrible, but it was annoying because I was trying to take the weight in that arm and really couldn't. Um, And I think what it was, was for me, it was like a two month practice in just like, showing up with whatever I had that day and being like, here's what I have to give today. And I'm not going to skip it. I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to like stay home because I can't be on my A game. I'm just going to show up with whatever game I've got. And that is my A game. Like today, this is what I have to give. And so much of the like spiritual and self discovery side about yoga is like, it's not really about what the posture looks like. It's about you practicing the showing up part and like, Being yourself today? Like, what do you need today? And really honoring that. And that's hard to do when you, what I really want to be able to do a headstand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and so I kind of had to, like, I mean, I lost two full weeks of really being able to fully participate, even without the knee. I had already given up on my knee by like January 4th. I was like, well, that knee's dead to me. I'll just (laughs) put a towel under it. And then I'm like, well, there goes my shoulder. Oh, can't, I can't roll over. Like, I can't hold myself in a twist because I'll fall down. Oops. Now my my like whole sacrum hurts because I fell down. So it was truly like a domino of my body falling apart and me having to show up anyway. Yes. And that was the practice. And so yikes. It was a lot. Um but it was great. I love great. it so much. It was great. Yeah.
0: I love it so much.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: well, can I talk about my social media weekends yeah. off? This is just like a this was an easy one to start the new year because Everybody who knows me knows I'm kind of an upholder. So if I can come up with a little rule or a system for myself, I'm really pretty good at sticking with it. And my trick is that I I tend to pick pretty easy things. Like I don't I don't tend to commit to things that are going to be super difficult. So what I said was I just want to not check social media. And for me, that's mostly Instagram with a side of Twitter. Those were those would be the two I would scroll on my phone at all from about after school on Friday all the way through Monday morning. Um, reason being is that I have plenty of time to play on social media during the week. It's part of my work. It's part of my entertainment. And I just thought weekends, I'm not I'm not using it productively on the weekends. I was using it for mindless scrolling, which we all know like doesn't add a lot to your experience of life. It right. tends to distract or take away. So I can report that I have been doing it. I haven't needed any kind of like reminder, um, I, there are those like screen time limits you can set on the iPhone. But for me, it's like, once I set the limit, I just, we talked about in that January 9th episode, I just sort of decided like, Oh, I am not a person who uses social media on the weekends. And it was just kind of like a, like flipping a switch for the most Mm. part. I will say like the, the knee jerk, um, like That attraction to just hit the app button before you realize what you're doing for sure happened in the beginning, and my reaction would be so funny. I'd almost be like, oop, Like you know that feeling when you open, yeah, like when (laughs) when you open a bathroom door and someone's in there and it surprises you, like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't mean to do that. I'm so sorry." Like I, it was like that reaction. You're apologizing to nobody, to (laughs) nobody, to myself. Like, "Oh my gosh, Instagram, I didn't mean to see you. I'm so sorry." Um, and so that would happen a little bit, but I, I really did feel kind of a sense of relief of like, there's nothing for me there this weekend. Like there's nothing you're not missing anything. Like this is not a thing you need. A couple of times we had something come up with work where I needed to go into the Mom Hours Instagram and like fix something or post something and that that felt fine. It didn't feel like cheating because the thing the thing that I'm trying to do is not not scroll for fake entertainment basically. Um so yeah, that has been going well. I will say every Friday, like Thursday evening or Friday, I think, "Oh, I I need to like I don't know. It's like Like, I need to check it all or or I need to like get a little bit. It's that. And I think that's really um, just like an awareness of potentially addictive experiences is to just notice when you feel that scarcity that like, oh, my gosh, I got to like get it all in, which is so funny because I don't I don't care anymore on a Friday at noon than I do on a Monday at noon. But right. Something about having that like, okay, this is it. So anyway, it's been going well. I would not say it's transformative, but I can feel good that I'm sticking to it.
1: Well, and all the content you'd be missing, like there's no way to binge, right? the future. You can't actually binge the future. So you are right. Like that is totally one. And I could totally relate to that with other things. Like you're trying to get ahead of something that's not get aheadable because you wouldn't be experiencing that that day. Anyway, it would have to happen in the moment, which you just chosen not to do it on that moment. And I think you're so right that sometimes when you just say like, I am not doing this now. Or this is off the table. There is that relief because you don't have to think about it. It's like, oh, this is just not something I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what about the the alcohol?
1: Yeah. So I and this is very similar, actually, to the the way you described that um, scarcity um, mm-hmm. binging. <laughs> with. Uh, so I did like a 21 day alcohol reset where I just didn't drink at all for 21 days. And then it's been a little over a month since I started again. Um, my goal was to, and just to back up, I guess, the reason I did 21 days off is because I looked at what is a healthy, like what is considered the healthy limit for um, a woman to drink. And it's a lot less than you'd think uh-huh. if you haven't looked into that. It's like yeah. seven drinks a week, preferably not all at once. So... Right. That's one a day. I don't know if you could do this math, but that's like one drink a day. So I
0: don't actually And that's an ex- upper limit for healthy. And that's consumption. an upper like, limit. Like anything over that is considered heavy drinking, basically.
1: Yeah. 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 So that was kind of one of those moments where I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter how I feel. Because I've someone who Okay. I'm someone who has always had a relatively high tolerance. I don't get like I wasn't experiencing a lot of like lifestyle negatives, or mm-hmm. even really feeling bad physically. <clears throat> so therefore I was just like, well, this is not an issue, but it doesn't really matter if I think that Yeah. if the actual reality is that I'm drinking twice or sometimes more than twice the amount I'm supposed to be drinking, because if I had, you know, if I can easily take down at least a glass, maybe two on a weeknight and not feel any effects the next day. And then on the weekend I want to go wine tasting or yeah. hang out and have like two or three. Now I'm up to like, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 drinks. That's like going on three times the amount I'm supposed to be drinking. And I'm only getting older. So it was like, okay, uh, uh, even if I don't feel like, even if my body isn't saying knock it off, I should probably still just look into this. And I had, I had tried to do some like cutting back, but to me, like gradual cutting back felt sort of like deprivation in slow motion. And I didn't Mm -hmm. like that. It was like, I I would be like, oh, okay. So today I'm going to have, you know, like uh, one less than I would. And tomorrow I'll have like, none. And it just felt like all I was thinking about was whether I was going to drink that day or not. A lot of
0: mental load. It's too much mental
1: math. So I just cleaned the decks, cleared the decks and didn't drink at all for three weeks. and then when I was over that, I was like, now I get to decide if I'm going to add it back. And it's like, Ooh, what am I going to add back? Um, with the goal being of still sticking to around seven a week, I'm not going to be like super, I'm not, you know, like measuring it out at night and being like, okay, I had my four ounces today. That means I can have six tomorrow. Again, that would become obsessive and I don't want to be obsessive about it, but it's like an average of about a drink a day, which again, if you're good at math, turns out if you want to have two on Friday, you have to have a day. You don't have any. (laughs) That's how that works. Mm -hmm. So it's been very interesting. I guess what I would say is actually giving it up for 21 days was pretty easy. Adding it back more challenging Mm -hmm. and maybe more negligibly valuable. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that's where I'm at with that. Like giving it up was relatively very easy. There were a very few times I was like, Oh man, I wish I, I wish I had a drink in my hand right now. And it usually was when I was out with other people who were having yummy looking wine or whatever. Um, I leaned heavily on ginger beer and cranberry juice and grapefruit soda, like a grapefruit, you know, LaCroix situation. And I did, I dabbled in a lot of non-alcoholic drink alternatives, but for the most part, those three things and a, a drink called toast T O S T, which we should totally link up in the show notes. Cause it was okay. like the real MVP. It was amazing. And it was like, okay. tastes a little bit champagne-y and it was just like special and lovely. Um, so now here I am going, okay, so is it even worth having seven drinks a week? if then I have to be doing the mental math, I don't right. really know. I, yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like it's something where it's like, I have to write it off forever. I don't actually think for my personality, that's a healthy way for me to look at things. Right. Um, but it's also maybe if, if my goal for health reasons is to just keep it at seven, like, do I really want to think about how I'm going to get in the seven drinks every week? It's kind of like what you were saying with on a Thursday binging. Yeah. To get all the social media in you yeah. can for the weekend whilst knowing that's impossible. Right. You can't actually right. do that because there will be social media happening when right. you're not consuming right. it. And that's once I'm of, off, yeah.
0: I don't even miss it. Like that is right. that is the thing. Exactly. It's the ooh, our, our brains are so intense, they are. Oh, my they? gosh.
1: I did so much reading about the way like the the reward center in our brains and how we wire habits and like really what is happening when I'm thinking to myself, well, I have to have two drinks on a Thursday because I know I'm not going to drink on a Friday. (laughs) I mean, either way, the drinks wouldn't be happening on a Friday. So if I don't want them on the Thursday, why would I have them just to get ahead of the Friday? It doesn't make any sense logically, but our brains, like they do all that for a reason. Like our brains are amazing machines. That's there's shortcuts involved in everything. And it's for efficiency. That's great when it serves you. Right. and that's so great when it doesn't. And that's I all just I'll say about read, that for now.
0: <laughs> I just read a really powerful quote about the brain and I'm not going to remember where it might have been in a podcast, but it was that I think it was in listening to a Martha Beck interview, but I think sh- it was her who said our brains were designed to keep us alive, not to make us happy. So mm-hmm. like there you you reach a point where like the that fight or flight, the, all the things we know about like the reward center, the pain centers, like all those things we know about the brain is like it's operating as a method of keeping of survival and keeping you alive, which is not the same thing as living a happy, fulfilled life. So it's like, you know, it's a it's a good servant, a poor master, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. 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 I just think I think if nothing else, if there's a habit that you feel weird about or even just wonder if you should or question it, just read reading about the science of what's going on in your brain Mm -hmm to me was like game changing because then I was like, oh, it's not me. It's not like yeah. I'm not just weak or like I just, you know, or are, are greedy or whatever, like whatever words we'd like to apply to ourselves when we feel like we want to give into indulgences. It was like, no, this is how my brain was made to work. Yeah. And I have the power to right. circumvent some of this wiring if I know what I'm, why I'm doing it and what I'm doing it, yes. what I'm doing. So Anyway, it was a great experiment. I'm really glad I did it. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm leaving that kind of open. But right now, my goal is just to keep it to a medically healthy level, Uh even if I'm not super happy about it all the time. And at some point, I have a feeling I'm just going to be like, it's not worth it. It's not worth the mental energy trying to keep myself at that level because your brain doesn't really want you to stay at that level either. Like your brain doesn't really want you to have one drink a day. Kind of wants you to have like four. So it's like. You're constantly doing that battle, right? With like all the pleasure centers and all that. And yeah. I could go on and on and on. And I and I won't. But um, yeah. I'm um, I'm totally not anti-alcohol or anything like that. I'm just going, okay, at this point in my life, what serves me best? And I don't know.
0: Yes. I yeah. think the tagline for the January episode we did was gently with curiosity. Yes. <laughs> like looking at our intentions. So I think that's how you're approaching it. Gently with curiosity. Um, I also want to point people to your Instagram because I think you posted once a day your thoughts. I did. On during 21 that 21 days. days. Yep. Yep. So people yep. interested in that. Um, well, we can wrap up this. I can just report that, yes, I am still seeing my therapist every Well, good. Then you did week. it. Yeah. Then you I did check it. You that one off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So nice. All right. Well, we also looked at one to two ways that we wanted to back off or relieve stress this year. So not adding, not challenge ourselves, but actually unchallenge ourselves. And I can go first on this one. I think we each just did one. Um I said I wanted to back off the pressure of how I read for for pleasure because sometimes I can get real into like how many books I've read or what's next in the queue and um, tracking my reading, which can be motivating for people. But I said, I want to read like Megan reads like you read, which is just like, pick up a book, read. If you want to read, read. If you don't, don't like switch books, midstream, all these things that I never do. Um, and you said you were going to release some pressure about your diet and the way you eat. And so we can each report back on that. I will just briefly say that reading is going well. My Kindle has made a big difference. I think I had just gotten the Kindle when we recorded that. Um, I have read two total books this year and I just started a third and I'm just, I'm just trying to take it with a lighter touch. Like what do I feel like reading? I read a little bit at night before bed. I read a little bit in the morning, usually most days, but I I had a lot of attachment before to like what kind of a reader I am. And I like, I put a lot of pressure to like have my morning time. That's when I read, but then, okay, if I needed to work in the morning, then I would feel bad about not reading. And yeah. then I feel bad about it. Then I don't do it for two months. And then I'm like, well, I'm not really a reader at all. You know, you get the picture. So treating reading with a lighter touch is going well. And I have been reading this year.
1: I love it. Well then good for you. And I agree that Kindle makes a huge difference. It yeah. really does. As much as I love a paper book, man, there's yeah. something about being able to like, reach out in bed in the dark and just grab your Kindle and just be like, brap brap brap, just click, click, click. And there you are (laughs) in a book and you can easily switch. I also feel like it feels less um, skipping between books, like not finishing a book feels less on a Kindle. It feels like less of a rejection of the book somehow.
0: Oh yeah, maybe. Because you're just
1: clicking over to a different book and you can always go back. You might never though. It'll just get buried, but you'll kind of forget. It's not the same as having a physical book. Like, on your bedstand, taunting you.
0: Yes, I agree with that. And I have to say one other funny thing that's a very big difference with the Kindle is I I realize that I get a lot of satisfaction and motivation with progress with reading. So I might pick a big book and I get so motivated when I'm like at the halfway point or the three quarter point. And I, I read a lot of nonfiction, so I'll even do the thing where I look at how long the index and glossary and whatever, like you know, the supplemental stuff in the back. I will actually look at how much that is because I want to know what the actual end to this book is, right? Like it yeah. it says it's 250 pages, but really there's like 60 pages of index in the back. So like, Ooh, goody. I'm actually closer to the end than I think. Well, that's really hard in a Kindle. It can tell you your percentage complete, or it can tell you what page you're on, but you don't have the physical sense for your progress. And it's probably good and bad actually for me. But just yesterday, I finished a book that I thought I was like 70 percent done with. And I started like the author was it was Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And he's like wrapping up and I'm like, I think this book is ending. But the percentage oh. tells me <laughs> I'm at like 70 percent. And it was this really weird, like a little bit of euphoria because I was like, hot dang, I'm done with this book. I finished this. I, I thought I had like 50 pages left. And it was because it had a lot of um, notes and, and appendices. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I... It's just different.
1: Love it. Okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, and it, but on the flip side, I have been disappointed when I, when it's like a novel that I'm really yeah. into and I'm like, Oh, I still have so much more time for the story to develop. And I'm like, wait, what?
0: I know it's over. Yeah. There isn't an, there's an emotionality to knowing where you are in a story for sure that, that I still have not found that replicated in the Kindle. I, even, even if I can look down and see that I'm 62% of the right. way through there, that physical, like journey you take with a story is not quite the same. So it's not the yeah. same, but it has so many upsides as you say. So
1: Right. All right. Well, um, with food, you know, I think what I was mentioning in, in our last episode was that I, um, I just have, I have fallen prey to illogical feelings about food that I wouldn't have thought I would. <laughs> it doesn't seem like me, but we're all inundated with messages about food and like, good foods, bad foods, what's an inflammatory food, what's not, you know, all that stuff that we're kind of awash in all the time. And I think I just kind of decided that this year I'm truly going to try to eat intuitively, which is a hard thing to do, especially Mm -hmm. because I kind of feel like, again, I'm in this phase, I'm almost 45 now, I'm really needing to hit certain nutritional marks. Like, and I know that's important. I know that there's like a certain amount of protein I need to feel good and a certain amount of like fiber I need to feel good. And I want to hit those marks without stressing about how i'm getting them into my body right.
0: without without it becoming control and yeah. an, another like mind mental exactly yeah.
1: and without feeling like that means i have to only eat certain food types or only right. f- from certain food groups and and get rid of the rest well i did realize that for me and we've talked about certain things in our lives being like um routine oriented being a good thing and because it eliminates options and choices and for me eating actually is one of those things i love food but I could eat the same thing for breakfast and lunch every single day and be very, very happy with that. It's just like every now and then I want to go out to eat dinner yeah. and I want to eat something different. So, um, I just kind of leaned in on that and I got really into oatmeal <laughs> and, um, I just decided to make my oatmeal do as much of the heavy lifting every day that it can. Yeah. And so I bought a rice cooker and I think maybe we talked about this a little bit. Well, I know you and I, I have, no, maybe I
0: think you I think not on the podcast. I, you and I talked, extensively about it. I think privately, <laughs> okay. I I'm think to, listeners. to a lot of people
1: about my oatmeal. Um, so I bought a rice cooker really pretty much just to make steel cu- uh, cut oats in it. Mm-hmm. Not really to make rice, although my kids love it for the rice. I really use it to make oatmeal every single day. And so every single day I have a bowl of steel cut oats around 10 a.m. And that's my first meal of the day. Sometimes it's more like 11, depends on how the day is going. And I load it up. So it's got like hemp hearts and chia seeds and a scoop of protein collagen powder. And it's got like everything I need. Like and a warm smoothie. It is. It's like a, a warm better. smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I love it. Like I love the taste of oatmeal. It's been one of my favorite foods since I was a little kid. And I kind of just didn't eat it for a long time. But then I thought, well, if I just had this one bowl of oatmeal and it's got so much stuff, going for it yeah then the rest of the day I can kind of be like okay my dinner is just gonna be kind of normal I'll have yeah. a smoothie at some point like whatever and I, and then I just feel like I've done the thing I need to do early yeah and it just gets me through the day I also um was laboring under the belief that like oatmeal created like huge blood sugar spikes but I don't think like the real old-fashioned oatmeal does not I think it's the packaged stuff with all the sugar yeah. in it the quick cuts the quick cook stuff so anyway um, my kids will not stop talking about my oatmeal problem. And Owen, I think, is actually very concerned for me. He one day was like, Mom, you have to stop talking about oatmeal. It's becoming problematic. And I was, he's like, he like, it's like you stopped drinking and you took up oatmeal. And I was like, you know what? Yes. That yes, is I do. true. You're not wrong, son. <laughs> that is true. I was like, you know what? Actually, accurate. I do. Like every night, I make, I mix it up in the, because uh, I have the, the rice cooker with the timer on it. So I mix up my oats and water, and I, I mean, put it I in the rice it. cooker, all like and I right set up the timer. I love it all. <laughs> <laughs> I set the timer, and in the morning, whenever I've decided is going to be oatmeal time, it's there waiting for me, and it's like perfect. I love it so much. What
0: is so. the um, the liquid you are using? I'm just curious.
1: I just use water. Okay, yeah, and Do I put, add any? Once it's done, I I just put a little bit of salt, oatmeal, and water, and then in the morning, once it's cooked, I add. um, all the other stuff that I mentioned, I usually also add dried cranberries uh-huh. and a splash of uh, cream.
0: Okay. I didn't know if there was and like cinnamon. that splash of something like, like yeah. another, like a milk. I love a milk. Yeah, And oatmeal. I think you
1: can, you can replace, you can sub out the water for milk, but I don't know how that would work if you're leaving it overnight in the cooker. So I right. do that. Yeah. yeah. But it's plenty creamy and it's not, yeah. um, it's not gummy the way like, um, crock pot oats yes. get sometimes. Yeah. It's not that gummy gross. It's Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. You, Perfect.
0: you are very close to selling me on a rice cooker and I've resisted for years. And now <laughs> listeners now I'll have like a hundred people tell me I need a rice cooker, but,
1: um, you do. Okay. Well, you need this rice cooker, this particular right. one, so
0: you've influenced me. <laughs> okay. Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately. And it always feels so good to get rid of clothes. I'm not wearing things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore.
1: The deal's is not available on their regular website. Go to h i y a h e a l t h dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. So, Sarah, on January 9th, we talked about, we each shared um, one or two ways that we both want to invest in ourselves this year. So, mine were literally investing, like financially. And um, the way I phrased it was doing a lot of Frivolous beauty and wellness stuff, mm-hmm. and then you had a health focused area, um, which I'm gonna guess we've probably both seen a little less progress in these areas than others because these are the kinds of things that it's like investing takes time, <laughs> and it's yeah. it's like a long, it's like an ongoing thing. But yeah. um, I'll I guess I'll start and just talk about the literal investing. Sure. Um, I haven't much made much headway with this because again, that's not the kind of thing you don't like at the beginning of the year Go here's a pot of cash right? and I shall invest it. But I have made some like really strategic business investments this year. Like I've um, invested a little bit in branding for my personal, my personal site and Instagram. Um, I've hired some more consistent help for projects I've worked on, been working on outside of the mom hour, things that I just need help with that I tend to put off to the last minute. And then I'm like, man, this is such a drag. And if I had just had help the whole time, it wouldn't have been a drag. Um, also the house that I'm moving into is, is sort of like an investment property where, uh, Eric and I are like investing in property together that I'm going to live in. But eventually the plan is that I will not live in that house yeah. and it will become investment property. Yeah. So that's been interesting because it really changes everything about the way you make choices. Mm-hmm. Like, where are you gonna, like, what colors are you going to paint? Are you going to remodel this or just let it lie? And Fortunately, I have a lot of experience living in rentals and making the best of rentals, and so yeah. I don't feel like I need to go in and like tear everything out right like that would be probably financially unwise, but it's just like what would make the most sense to do to make me really happy living here for three to five years um, and then easy to rent out in the future or Airbnb mm-hmm. without investing so much in it that i we don't get it back so it's like i'm li- i'm I'm living in it, but it's also truly an investment in a way that I think when something's just going to be your personal residence, you don't think of yeah. it that way necessarily. Well, and it's a different and so, way of
0: thinking about the future. You are at a stage right. of life where you can see empty nest in like yeah. a number of years. And you, um, that word investment, at least for me, really does call to mind like behaviors now for uh, gains later. And that is a different way of thinking, whether it's money or house or education yeah. or, yeah. you know, silly little things. Um, yeah. So it does sound got- like a mindset shift
1: claire has got five more years of school after this year. So like, you know, five years goes by really fast. And so thinking about something like a kitchen, a kitchen remodel, you know, like, is this a $10,000 kitchen remodel or a hundred thousand dollar kitchen mm-hmm. remodel for five years? hundred K doesn't seem like smart, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, okay, so how do you, yeah, it's, you're right. It's like a very different way of looking at it. Whereas if I was moving into a house with a two-year-old, I'd probably feel very differently. So yeah. that's been interesting. Um, otherwise I don't I don't think I've done much in this area. How about you with your health focus area?
0: Well, the focus area was posture. And I um I explained that like sometimes if I don't have a, um, I didn't have a fitness or health goal that was like, I'm gonna do yoga three times a week or I'm gonna walk five days a week. I, nothing was coming to me. So when that happens, I just think of like what is an area that I'd like to explore this year? And what came to me was posture and alignment. And so I didn't have any specific goal around that, but I put it under this question of investing in ourselves because I think it's going to take an actual monetary investment in myself in a way. I mean, I have not paid for any kind of fitness in a long time. I mean, since we had a family gym membership, I guess, but even then it was like it was almost no dollars to my own fitness. I haven't had trainers. I haven't gone to I haven't had like a membership to anything Mm -hmm. I haven't. So this year it will likely be an investment and I am thinking it, well, no, I have already decided I want to start with a series of private Pilates instruction. My parents have a really, really, really good teacher that I've made contact with. Who's done a lot of work. She's a Pilates instructor, but like an incredible, just body alignment, body work person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a phone conversation with her that was really, really sweet. She knows my parents pretty well. And, um, so we talked about like my background in dance and like what my kind of goals are. And she has a really impacted schedule of private clients. So right now we're in a holding pattern of waiting for like a time slot to open up in the times that I could potentially go, but I'm thinking it will be like a once a week private, like Pilates private where I learn to use some of the machines. I have a light background in Pilates through dance, but I haven't ever worked with the Pilates machines Um, so working with her and then maybe like a home practice that can fill in. Um, and I told her, like she told me her rates and you know, it's really expensive. And, and she said, I designed different programs depending on if people think that they want to like always have a session once a week forever versus like you want to come eight times and develop kind of a home practice. And I said, probably somewhere in the middle, like not forever. But I'm willing to go long enough to where I really like I want to I mean, you just did yoga teacher training. So, you know, the satisfaction of this, Megan, like academically really understand my body as a 42 year old. I know my body as a 22 year old ballerina really well. Like I knew my body really, really well. But spoiler alert it ain't the same. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and she, this woman, Leah is her name. She is 44. I think she's about my age. I don't know if she's a mom. Um, but either way, like I just had a great rapport with her on the phone. Um, and I'm excited. So that's the progress. The progress that has happened is literally nothing in the actual body work, but a phone call, a conversation. And sometimes that's just like the first step.
1: I totally agree. It's like you're laying the groundwork, right? So yeah. and I think that like something like that, like that intensive working with her, followed by her helping you set something up could be something that you, you reap benefits from you. What's the word I'm looking for? That would sound more like a, a bank return,
0: return on investment like, or like your dividends, you would, dividends. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. would,
1: yes. The dividends would lead. like that. I think is the kind of, it's smart, like it's a smart way to do it because it would be very difficult for you to go just for a few sessions. Yeah. And then have her put together a system for you that you could actually take home, because I think you have to you have to get it. You have to start to see results and like lock it in. Yeah. To as a a thing that you're doing before a home practice is probably going to be super. Yeah. And, you know,
0: like as covid's opening up and stuff, I would actually like to get back to a ballet class once in a while or a yoga class. But I feel like having this one on one alignment understanding will also help me as I pursue those other things, like I I yeah. want to really, I want to know my body alignment really, really well before I start casually popping into a yoga class here and there or popping into a ballet class. Cause it's just at this, at our age, it matters like that, that it kind does. of understanding matters. So.
1: Well, you can really mess yourself up. Yeah. Like that, you know, if you don't really understand what's going on in your body yeah. and then you just pop into a class, yeah. like you yeah. can really hurt yourself. Um, yeah. and so it's really good to know what you're working with and like how to protect yourself because unless you have like a really strong relationship with the instructor, they're not going to be able to do that for you. Right. (laughs) You know, you're not going
0: to get that um, in your like average group.
1: No. And actually it's interesting. I learned one of the things we learned in yoga teacher training about like how to teach to a public class is like, people will not usually tell you their contraindications or their health issues. Like for the most part, they come in and they'll be like just going through the class and they didn't tell you that they have this old you know, war injury or whatever, football injury or whatever it is, because they didn't think it was relevant or they didn't want to take your time or. But that really is what the instructor is there for is to help you make the most of the practice for you. Um, And I'm just talking to yoga. I don't know about other kinds of exercise. And I'm sure it also depends a lot on the studio because we've all been in in exercise classes where the instructor is just running around yelling at everybody and telling you to work harder. And that's not smart to do necessarily when you're not 22 anymore. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, my last, my last one was doing the frivolous beauty and wellness stuff. Um, I guess the only thing I would really have to add from last time, I think we talked about my probiotics that I had started taking. That's all going great. And I can tell a difference. Like if I miss a couple of days, things get a little sluggish. And when I get back on them, it, it uh, perks back up. Let's just put that way
0: everybody i'm jumping in because re- that was the episode where everybody wanted to know what yes. probiotics they were right so we will link them up in the show yeah. notes because yeah. that was like people were like contacting you like every way they knew how about yeah yeah. There was,
1: there was like a big response to that and the brand is alloy i mean i don't know i, I don't know how it stacks up to any other but i've liked it a lot so it's yeah. it's been yeah it's been great um and then I started laser hair removal, which I think I mentioned was on my list, but it hadn't started yet. And I've only done one. I've only done one. So it's like monthly. And I will just say it didn't hurt that much. Okay. That's all I'll say. It was okay. actually mostly boring. So you, it was like an hour long. But most of that was them numbing me. Mm-hmm. They just put like a numbing cream and I just sat there and played on my phone. And they came back and numbed me again. I played on my phone. It's just a cream. And then she came in and did my bikini area and my armpits. And I think the whole treatment was done in four minutes.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting.
1: So, I mean, it yeah. didn't feel good. Right. But, but it was okay. It was fine. Yeah. So, okay. so I started that. Okay. Good investments. All right. Yeah. Good investments. Okay. Well, we can stop talking about ourselves for a minute. Um, <laughs> except we're still talking about ourselves. And, and the other, the final question that we had was a way or a few ways that we want to invest in others for our communities this year. And Sarah, you had some really specific ones. You talked, you want to talk about foster kittens and, um, an education foundation, a local educational foundation. And then I just said, I wanted to find a meaningful way to give back. And I had a whole long rant about what that meant to me. Not even a rant, just like I yeah. I don't know, rambling conversation about what that meant to me. But Sarah, you go first. Have you made any headway with either of those things?
0: No, not at all. Um, I have thought about the fostering kittens I've actually I'm like more committed than ever to acquiring a cat this year and I have like this very specific vision for fostering kittens first and keeping at least one of them um because I've always wanted to foster kittens and I think if we adopt a cat like let's say I went to a shelter and adopted a cat just the regular way like go to the shelter and find a cat then I'm less likely to be able to foster down the road because an existing cat is not going to be as thrilled with, um, you know, a rando litter of kittens coming in. So I want to do one before the other. Um, and that is still the plan and kitten season in Southern California is like March, April, May. There's usually a lot of litters who need help. My latest thinking is I would actually really like to foster the pregnant mama cat and like have do that whole thing. And then the, usually the foster organization helps, um, you know, they help facilitate finding homes for everybody, but I would like to adopt one of the kittens. So no, I have not done a single thing except continue to want to do that. Um, I think a next step is to get my name on the local. I'm, I'm on the list for a foster organization, but they do mostly dogs and they just occasionally do cats. And I think there's another one I need to get signed up with that does a lot of kittens in the spring. Um, and then I have not done a single thing with the other things I mentioned, which had to do with um, like local educational initiatives in my town. Not done, not done a single thing yet this year.
1: So that's Well, that's okay. Because again, it's only February, right? So yeah. we do have the whole year. Um, and mine was so vague. Well, first of all, I can't wait to you get your kittens and I can't wait to keep decide which one you're going to keep. Cause that I feel like will be the most fun decision ever. And like, I'm curious if your kids will have, disagreement about which one you should keep. It'll be all up to mom. I don't know. I I like, I like this for you. I like this journey for you. Um, I, I was so vague about like what that meant to me. And I feel like, like this idea of just giving back in some meaningful way. Like I felt like I was just opening that up to the universe going like, okay, what is that thing going to be? Um, and I haven't really made specific headway. I will say, I do think this move is going to simplify my life a lot. And I've also been making headway towards simplifying other parts of my life, my work, schedule, things like that. Um, so that is one way of laying groundwork, right? And then yeah. the other thing is I, I didn't go into yoga teacher training with any real intention to teach. In fact, I kind of was like, no, I don't think that's something I want to do. I just want to do this for me. I want to learn more about my body and how this practice works and all that. Um, but, and I'm sure this is how they get you, I, you know, one of the things we had to do was teach in an impromptu way. So like jump up and teach for 20 minutes, jump up and teach for 30 minutes, jump up and teach for an hour without a lot of warning. And I really liked it. And I I was naturally better at it than I thought that I would be. I thought that I just would be like very forgetful. I'm not super spatially aware. You know, Sarah, that's something you and I share. So yeah. like remembering which leg people are on or yeah. being able to cue them when you're yeah. mirror, like that's hard. Yeah. Um. But that didn't really matter that much because I didn't find that that was the part that I really related to about the process anyway. It was more like the personal development side and like theming the class and like kind of leading in that way was really rewarding. And I think that all of my injuries really (laughs) kind of taught me. It was like they were rotating around my body. Like they, it was like one thing's wrong. Now the other thing's wrong. Now something else is wrong. Most of them very transient. Mm -hmm. So just, it was just interesting. I'm like, so what am I supposed to be learning from this? And I think for me being able to bring, because I didn't come into yoga as like a super um, fitness oriented person. I'm not like an athlete. And that's where a lot of people come in. They come in because they want the movement. And then the other stuff is like where they learn. And for me, it was like the reverse. Like I wanted the personal development, spiritual stuff. And then, okay, I'll learn this yoga movement practice. That's great too. So I would love to be able to, in some way, take it to people who maybe a typical class isn't for them because they have something going on with their body and they don't feel like they fit or they can't keep up or they just a public class just isn't the right setting for them to be able to figure out how to make their bodies work with that. So something about that is like just rattling around in my head. And I have no idea what that's going to look like, but it's, it's in there. The seed has been planted.
0: I love that so much. And when you shared that with me, Privately, like the first time that you were like tapped to teach, and like you weren't expecting it, and you know you said like I think I actually did a pretty good job. I, I was not surprised at all because you are a gifted communicator. I mean that's what. So to be able to like spontaneously, without without a script or like a whole bunch of um, set plans, guide people through an experience mostly by talking. I mean I know you have to show yeah. and you have to demonstrate. But mostly you are doing what you do best, which is communicating and like taking people from A to B to C all the way to the end with communication. I guess so that wasn't a very eloquent it, way to no, say, it, but, but it does not I, it at is, all it's surprise like a story. It's like you're yes. telling
1: a story and the story is we're all acting the story out together in this class, but it does truly have a beginning, middle and end. And that's the part that I think it resonated the most and surprised me the most. Yeah. I'd been to so many classes and just never knew that that's what was happening, <laughs> that that's the journey that I was on in a, Great. in a class. And, and some teachers are like my, um, Brooke, who actually anybody who went to our retreat yeah, um, a couple of years ago, Brooke was, she did the, um, class. So she was my teacher trainer yeah. and she's very, she comes from a very like kinesthetic background. So it's very like understanding the muscles, the muscle systems, the mm-hmm. skeletal system, all those things. But I don't have to be Brooke. Like, I finally realized, like, I can have my own method where or my own way of doing this where I don't have to. She's amazing, but I can be amazing in my own way. Like, I don't have to try to fit myself into that box because there's lots of ways to go about it. And um, yeah. So anyway, I think that that it just was a pleasant surprise. I didn't see that coming, but I was it was a happy accident, I suppose, in addition to all of my unhappy accidents, like falling down and
0: (laughs) having no functionality in your body. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also laughing because this last question was supposed to be ways that we're investing in others or our communities. And we both just for us. sure talked about ourselves. Like Whoa. I need a, I need like a, like a, a therapy, like cat. a palate cleanser. Like, I, like I, need, we need, like I a- need an emotional support kitten. And you <laughs> and somehow brought it. To-
1: <laughs> you just brought it back to how good you are at teaching yoga. <laughs> oh, well, I brought it back to how good I would. How, how about this? I would like to positively impact other people by like being good at teaching yoga I I and how about you would like to rescue some kittens <laughs> and by being the good. cutest one by the only, only the cutest one that's like um the one that's also the cutest or uh that has the best personality yeah about that?
0: and yeah. it's mostly just for my own you know emotional support
1: well okay let's go give we're, some money then we'll feel we're, evol- <laughs> we're
0: evolving
1: oh we are gosh. we are and you know I think that like altruism is one thing, but it always has it the best altruism has a personal yeah, you know, you do have a personal tie to it because that's what makes it meaningful to you. Yeah. So absolutely. Go get all the cute kittens, Sarah. Go go get the
0: kittens. Kitten season is coming. <laughs> I won't keep everyone posted. <laughs> um, okay, well, it is time to wrap. I'm really glad we did this selfishly since it's all about us, but hopefully you listening had time to reflect on where you are with your 2022. Uh, goals or objectives or your word of the year, you can always send us an email, hello at themomhour.com and just kind of share your thoughts or find us on social, leave a comment. We love to hear from you. Um, A couple things to mention. So we have a really, really great piece on the blog this week. Um, I'm so thankful to Jennifer on our team for putting this together. Megan, I was thinking about you as I read it because the title of the blog post is How to Start a Freelance Career Without Spending Money. And Jennifer talks about how there's a lot of appeal to um like at-home moms or people who are thinking about a workplace transition and like some gimmicky ways to like start a business from home and da-da-da-da. And um, she really built her freelance business without needing to do much upfront investment. And she talks about how she did it, why she did it, what works. It's like a really, really practical post. And I think it can apply. Jennifer is a freelance copywriter, but it can apply even if you are thinking of going freelance with um, a totally different skill or something that you offer. So that one is great. Um, It is on the blog and I will link it up in the show notes. And then Megan, we're right in between our pandemic babies series. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So the, if you didn't hear the first pandemic babies episode, I would definitely recommend going and listening to that one first, but basically we are talking to a group of moms from our contributor team, mostly um, who had babies during the pandemic. Many of those babies now are no longer little babies. They are toddlers. And just like the first episode was really about how the babyhood experience was different. So things like them, not maybe being around other people as much and things like that. And then this next um, installment, I guess in the series is about the motherhood experience. So this one's like this, this kind of raw at times, Mm -hmm. Just like really how much um, of that motherhood experience revolves around the community and, and rituals and things that we're used to that were not available to moms who were having babies during the last two years and how hard that could be at times. And, but it's also very hopeful and happy. And I think that um, it just was really good. It's, it's really a great series. And if you if you haven't heard the first one, listen to that now. And then listen to the second one that's coming out on Tuesday. I think you're going to love it.
0: Yeah, I think you will too. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us today. And we will talk to you soon.
1: The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code Hour go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K E R I K A dot A P P and use code the mom hour to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter.